interview for you. It's Andrew Robinson. You know him from such films as Hellraiser, Child's Play 3, and Dirty Harry. Uh, but Lance, of course, being the Trekkie that all our listeners know him to be, uh, you most fondly remember him from Deep Space Nine uh, of Garrick. Andrew, thank you so much for the interview. Well, my pleasure. Yeah. Indeed. So one of the first roles uh, that we remember you in was uh, being the over-the-top over killer in Dirty Harry. Uh, how did you land that role, and how was it like to work with uh, old Quint? Old Quint. Um, God, yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was my first film, uh, and near and dear to my heart. I had, a, I had a great time, great time doing that film, uh, even though... Yeah, how can one say they had a great time playing an insane psychotic killer? But I did. Um, <laughs> but you got killed by uh, Dirty Harry. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly, sure. You know, went down, went down in film history, <laughs> as well as as well as into a drink. Um, yeah, so it was, uh, it, it was, uh, you know, I was a New York actor, um, uh, and uh, really didn't have much aspiration for, you know, being in, in films. I mean, I, you know, I, I always thought that might have been a possibility someday. And then um, a friend of mine uh, told me that his father is, a, is, a, is this big time film director. I didn't I didn't know who his father was. Uh, and he said, he's coming to town. And he said, I, you know, he asked me, you know, uh, you know, if he's looking for you know an actor to play this uh, this heavy. I said, "Oh, that's great," and that's that's all I heard from it until I got an interview with uh, Don Siegel, who was my my friend uh, Chris's father. And so Don Siegel said to me, he "says I understand you're the best actor in New York," and I laughed and I said, "Wow, oh, okay, that's, you know, I'll I'll, I'll I'll take that, sure." Uh, and I knew nothing about the project, knew nothing at all. We had a conversation for about 15 minutes. Uh, he, uh, then he said, well, nice to meet you. And I said, well, if you want to see my work, I'm in a, I'm in a play downtown. And he said, oh, I got to get back to Los Angeles. And so I figured, well, that's that. Okay. And then uh, a week or so later, um, in the play that I was doing down at the public theater, uh, the stage manager came backstage and said, you know, Clint Eastwood is in the audience. Uh, and I, and, and he told this to the, to the actors. He had no idea that I was, uh, I was up for this film, which I guess I was when Clint was coming to this, uh, to this little theater downtown. So, and, uh, that's how I got the role. You know, and then the following week I got the offer and I was off to San Francisco. And my life was changed. I imagine. 
All right, uh, man, I, my my turn my turn for a question. I've been dying dying to talk with you, and um, of course we you know, we all know Star Trek has always been known for multifaceted characters, um, but there's perhaps no more interesting character all of Star Trek lore than Garak. Uh, we never really knew if you were just a humble tailor or still very much working with the Obsidian Order. You always kept us guessing as to your motivations, intentions, um, even sexuality. Um, yeah, that was covered in the, the documentary uh, that, that we all watched, Things You Leave Behind. Um, right. What were your inspirations for that character, and how, how were you able to keep so many things a secret at the very end of the series? Yeah, you know, there, you know it's interesting, the, the inspiration part of your question is there weren't a lot of those kinds of characters. I mean, I, I think of, you know, Oh, God, there was a Richard Woodmark played this character, Tommy Udo, and I forgot what film it was, but he, he, I remember uh, he, he he was a killer and he had this giggle. He giggled when, you know, in, in inappropriate moments. I, I thought that was a cool thing to do. And, <laughs> but, you know, uh, no, other than that, I mean, they just, they just weren't. Um, and, and essentially, if you ever looked at the script, Right. And that's why yeah, the I would, is disturbing. You 
know, the character is disturbing because I was disturbed what I was doing. You know, I mean, doing doing things like that. You know, the school bus stuff. The kids. That was horrible. It was horrible. You know, scaring the kids like that. And at one point, Don Siegel said, "You know, you're not scaring them enough. And and this is one kid you really got to scare." And and that 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 was incredibly difficult for me. <laughs> but also kind of fun. <laughs> yes, and you know, Phil, you, you said it. You absolutely said it because it's a weird thing. You're doing this weird, awful shit. Yeah, I, I, I would say maybe with the possible exception of Mirror Universe Spock, uh, Garrick was probably arguably the first real anti-hero. In Star Trek, I mean, you see it all the time now, right? With the new shows, everything's taking a much darker turn. But, I mean, when you guys were filming that, did, did, did you all have any idea that this was like a, you know, a big change to the to the Star Trek universe? You know, I, I didn't, I, you know, because I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't that, uh, that conversant with the Star Trek universe. I, I'd never watched Star Trek. Uh, and... And I only started watching it when I when I got when I got the job. Um, so as far as I was concerned, you know, this was see I, I loved Garrett in the beginning simply because Garrett had seen and and I don't even know I, I don't even think the writers knew Garrett was. They created Garrett you know, practically speaking because the character of Julian Bashir needed a story. And and so they they figured well, why don't why don't we get this, this older kind of spy sort of person and uh, and and uh, throw him in with Julian and see what happens. And it's only because Sid and I had this you know we we, we liked each other from you know the moment we met each other we had a good time working with each other and it clicked it was a real chemistry and uh, and so that. I think, and then it just grew there. So, uh, but, but in terms of like uh, putting this into perspective, where Gary was character, see the thing is, is that Deep Nine was an atypical uh, Star Trek show, and and a lot of people didn't like that. The fact that it takes place on a station rather than, you know, on on a on a, on a spaceship. Uh, that you know, each week visits a different planet, and you know, uh, meets different kinds of aliens. I mean, this this was like, I'm 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 convinced that you know they got the idea from you know that that the, the, the Star Wars intergalactic bar. Uh, you know, oh. it, there was everybody. Everybody was thrown in with each other. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and 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 so for a while we were kind of like the the bastard child of, of the uh, of, of, of the whole Star Trek world. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was yeah. there every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was one of my favorites, personally. Um, but we'll uh, we'll shift on over to uh, Hellraiser, since we are a horror podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, Deep Space Nine. Oh, right. You like the old, you like the old yeah, format, right? Yeah, I, that one in uh, Next Generation are probably my favorite Star uh, Star Trek things, but that's just because that's when I grew up. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, we'll shift on over to uh, Hellraiser since we're a, a horror podcast. And uh, you played Larry and later the reborn Uncle Frank. Uh, what was it like working with uh, Clive Barker? from a, a, a literary place. He was an accomplished writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, one of the things I did, one of the things Clive did, which was his soul, is that when he hired me, he gave me uh, a, a bunch of, uh, a short story uh, collection called The Books of Blood, which I read. And, oh, unbelievable. The guy, the guy is a fabulous writer, but he knew nothing about film. And, but, but he's such a smart guy. He got he got himself involved with very good people, uh, and and also being you know a curious man, uh, and uh, it's, 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 there's there's a real benefit to working with someone who admits when they don't know. And oh then sure. It becomes, and then it becomes a creative situation. Well, if you don't know, then I guess I have to be part of uh, the problem solving process, and that's what that's what. Of course, the script was wonderful to begin with because it was his script, uh, and much better script than, than any of the shows that you know that that came later, the, the, the uh, television. Uh, and uh, it, it, so it was, I, and I love, I love working. It was, it was, it was great. And then working with, you know, with Claire and, and, and Ashley, and, uh, you know, uh, I mean, all these people were great. Uh, do you have any more stories to share about the Hellraiser experience where they're like Cenobites walking around in full makeup and <laughs> did you know it was going to be a classic? <laughs> you know, you're going to get a huge You just hope that you need to check there's a bank. That's it. And that's a working situation with a pleasant one. There's a bunch of assholes, you know, to make your life miserable. So, Um, 
which was, I mean, I thought I was going to die. I mean, when, you know, because you know, they had to they put all these prosthetics on to me, you know, so they could rip me apart. Uh, and that took a day because, well, it took more than a day because then they have to do a life mask. And I thought, you know, I'm being claustrophobic. You know, straws in my nose. It was, oh. it was crazy. You know, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, the product speaks for itself. I, can, I, I do understand why it's a classic. Yeah, we did a uh, we do a tournament bracket show every every year, uh, Andrew, and and, and you, you actually that that kill made it to our final four of best four yeah. of all time. It was a good one. I, yeah, it was. I got um, Jesus with. <laughs> <laughs> what what's, what's, what's the other thing? Clive just let me. Clive let me. I I I was throwing in all these ad libs and Clive was like, that ad lib? Oh, of course, of course. It was, it was, it was, it was scripted, you know, okay. where the character said, fuck you. And I said to Clive, I said, that's so pedestrian, Clive. You know, it, it, it creates this incredible moment. It should have a better line than fuck you. Well, well they, they didn't come up with something on it. And so right. I, I came with, you know, one of my favorite expressions, Jesus wept. That was it. A beautiful line to go out on. Everybody, everybody heard it here first. Um, one, one thing I hadn't thought about that much, Andrew, is like researching all the roles before we spoke with you. You, you played a lot of figures of authority, uh, more more than more than I ever remembered. Like in Child's Play three, transfers. Yeah. Were, were you ever worried about getting like typecast as like the general or the principal or the? I got so tired of being offered and, and playing these psychopathabilities. Oh my God. Yeah, so that, so I mean, you know, to play like, you know, Tony Dad, Colonel Daddy Mother, for answers that, you know, or, or the sheriff, and, you know, something that, that, that was fun because it was a different kind of character, you know. No, I was. Sure. Yeah. No, because, uh, yeah, but, I got that over the fast. Right up the bat. Uh, yeah, understood. Are there, uh, are there a couple of characters you can name that have been your favorite to play over the years? Um, a lot of, a lot of characters. I mean, you know, I because I've done a lot of stuff, and uh, and I and and some of it I thought was really exceptional. I mean, you know, obvious ones, you know, like the Scorpion Killer or. or you know, a Hellraiser. But then, you know, I think that Liberace, which was a complete choice to do. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, and then getting to play that character and working with all of these, with, with the new real costume that he wore and the jewelry and stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, and then there were big shows, you know, shows that pop up, like there was a... You know, just as an example, there was a Kojak that I did with Bruce Gordon. That was oh, wow. Yeah, it was an amazing piece of it. You know, it was, it was, it was and actually Kelly Savalas directed it, and it was great. Everything. Uh, and, and wonderful character. Uh, again, 
with the character who was the who was the serial killer, New York cat, right? <laughs> but it was but it but it was a terrific script. There was a there was you know on, on, on the new uh, Twilight Zone. There was I got to play JFK at this one episode. Uh, that was really excellent, excellent script. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. You know, I've been very fortunate with that. Uh, well, do you have anything coming up in the near future? I'm just doing Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, it, it, it's like, it, it's, yeah, you know, um, it, it, it takes, a, takes a certain amount of energy to keep a film and television, you know, uh, career going. And it's an, it's, an, it's an energy I really don't want to spend anything Or I want to use the energy, you know, because I'm... Theater is my first love. I, I, I go back to theater. I'm you know I I was doing I was doing theater before the you know the, the pandemic closed all the theaters down. And now this year I'll be doing a play out here. You know and uh, you know that, that sort of thing. And I do my writing uh, and uh, you know just to just keep my hand in. Yeah, enough to stay busy. I'm an actor. I'll, I'll, I'll act until we carry out in the pine box. All right, man. Well, look, uh, this, this is kind of like our signature question, um, Andrew. We ask this of everybody we interview. Um, are there any special you know, organizations, charities, you know, causes, things like that that are, that are near and dear to your heart? Um, yeah. And if so, how, yeah. how can our listeners get involved? Well, you know, I mean, you're there, too. Save the children, you know, which is in terms of what's going on in this world, where you know all these people are being dispossessed either through war or because of the the, the climate going nuts. Uh, and and it's the children, it's the women and the children, who, you know, are taking the brunt of of what's going on. And so, save the children is is a really good, decent organization and that uses, you know, uh, as much of the money as, as they can to go towards their program. And, and, the, and the other one is uh, Doctors Without Borders. And for the same reason, sure. You know, I mean, there's a, these, these, these doctors, and also, they're, they're, they're going into places that are completely, you know, dangerous and, and, and where there is no health care. So those, those are the two, you know, uh, I, I strongly urge, you know, if, if people are, you know, interested in doing so, to be involved with. Good deal, man. Well, uh, listen, thanks a lot for, for taking and thank, the time. And thank you, and thank you for asking that question. That's, that's, that's really a good thing. That really is. Yeah, good answer. We, we do it every time, don't we, Phil? Yep. First interview on. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing you Friday. Are you, you going to be there Friday? No, I'm, I'll be there Thursday. Yeah, I'm, I'm flying down. I'm flying down okay. Thursday, and you know, yeah. So obviously I'll be there on Friday. So I'll see you guys down there, right? Yeah, definitely see me. Phil, Phil's kind of kind of fifty fifty still, Phil. Yeah, I got some work stuff happening, so I'm not sure I'm quite going to make it on Friday, but we'll see. All right. <laughs> Anyway, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on with us.